Welcome to episode two. This is the Edu Speakeasy podcast. And today we're going to be talking about something that I'm referring to as the radius of excellence. What's that all about? Who knows? We'll find out. It's the Edu Speakeasy podcast. Step inside. Welcome to another episode. My name is Sean Harrell, and I teach audio video production, a class called Digital Media Technology. And just to recap, I've been teaching for 15 years, so it's not a lifetime, but it's a decent amount of time. And I'm making this podcast so that I can talk through some things and have some realizations and get some information basically for myself kind of synthesized and have some discussions here. That's the nature of this podcast. That's a little bit about where I come from. And today, the topic is what I'm referring to as the radius of excellence, or the radius of quality. And perhaps, and maybe even the way I'm saying it, uh, where I'm trying to stretch it out, make it seem a little bit more important. It's important as you say it that you're that you hold a teacup with your pinky extended, the radius of quality. Well, what I'm referring to basically is the environments that we create for our students, the environments that we expect them to enter into and have some success. So am I talking essentially about the room, the building, the, you know, the individual class space, I could be talking about all of those things, and what I'm suggesting is that inside this radius that we've built, that we've established, is where you'll find the excellence and the quality. And it starts with us. In another episode of this podcast, I'm going to talk about how everything is always the teacher's fault in good things and bad things. It all comes down to what has the teacher done to prepare so in the case of this radius of quality, I'm talking about having a set of expectations. My students are using very expensive equipment, audio production equipment, cameras, lights, microphone stands, tripods, lots of stuff that's expensive and it's breakable. So I am having to come to the realization that when they step into this space, they need to see those things organized. They need to see them put back in the same spot every time. It seems so obvious, doesn't it? I actually have had some experience, and I hope I'm not alone. But I don't think first-year teachers realize just how little students come prepared to do on their own and just how much the teacher has to build these routines. And we all talk about routines. The thing that springs to my mind is my wife's class. We're talking about a first grade class, and they have a routine when they get to their first grade class. I've heard about it. Could I accomplish it myself? Perhaps. But their routine is they unpack their backpacks, they put away their backpacks, they take their green folder and they put it in the mailbox, they put their Chromebooks in the drawer. They get started on their morning work. This is their routine, and it's so essential to success in Mrs. Harrell's class. By the way, Mrs. Harrell is beyond awesome, 
and is by far better than me at everything, except for maybe audio editing and recording. I don't think she would do as good of a job at this. So I get to have my voice. But that's the routine, and that's the radius of excellence that surrounds Mrs. Harrell's class. I am just now learning that you have to be on top of all this stuff. As a first-year teacher, I don't think I knew that the students needed to be instructed repeatedly as to what this looks like. And in fact, I have a little bit of a story that I'm embarrassed about. But when I was in my very first year teaching in a music department with a jazz band, that I actually, when the jazz band got together, first of all, everyone's just coming in on their own time. So it's not like a class, it's outside of school. So I automatically have this sort of sense of, well, we're all just sort of participating in this on our own time. So I want to make sure not to rub anyone the wrong way right at the beginning of this. But I remember that very first rehearsal. I actually didn't put the saxophones in the correct order. I let them sit altos together, tenors together, because I thought, you know, well, let's get our feet wet. Let's make sure we, we you know, I want them to feel comfortable on first and second alto. And I want the tenors to, you know, and, and in my head, I was like, oh, maybe they... Maybe they've never done jazz band before, and honestly, they probably hadn't. But I needed to start setting these expectations. Hey, this is what it looks like. And that'll bring me around at the end of this, which is why are we doing this? Why is it so important? But before I get to that, I want to say just what happened recently here in my classroom, which was it's late October, early November. Actually, I take that back. It was middle November, right before Thanksgiving break. And I had to miss a good chunk of days for uh, professional development. And I was a little bit nervous about it. But this is right before Thanksgiving break. If I don't have them trained at this point to take this radius of excellence and continue it when I'm gone, then I have failed. So needless to say, I was nervous when I came back because I had multiple subs, different subs for different days. And I was a little bit nervous when I came back. And I did find one little area that I wish they would have done better, but it was really small and I can take that because this time last year, it was five different things when I came back. So this year, there were just some mic cables that were not correctly wrapped up and put in the right spot. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. Because again, we get back to everything is my fault and that'll be a whole nother issue. But I didn't actually probably deliberately tell them repeatedly over and over again, this is where the mics go, the cables go when you're done with them. I taught them how to wrap them. Did they wrap them right? No, they didn't do that. So was that my fault? Maybe not. But we'll get to that in a different episode. But that brings us all back to why does this matter? Why are we trying to establish this? And I'm not referring to people that have a clean desk versus people that have a messy desk. You know, some people can claim that, you know, oh, I can, I kind of thrive on chaos. And, you know, you see my desk and maybe you see the classroom and it's a little disorganized, but everybody understands that, that that's okay. And that's just me doing my thing. Well, I'm suggesting in a lot of regards that that's not okay. And in the case of this stuff, why does it matter? Why is it important? Well, because I'm trying to establish with my students a professional work environment. So let's take the recording studio area of my classroom. 
we're trying to replicate what a professional recording studio would look like. If somebody comes in, a client, and they've got hundreds of dollars to spend an hour to work in a studio, they're going to walk into that studio and their eyes are immediately going to assess what's taking place in front of them. And if there's microphones all askew 18 different ways in the corner and there are mic cables wadded up on the floor, they're not going to want to do business there. So we're trying to establish this professionalism. I think of the places where I like to go shop, obviously the Apple store, okay? When I walk in there, immediately I get a sense of everything that Apple is about. When I walk into a Kmart, I know exactly what Kmart is about. And I'm reminded of a Nate Bargatze joke where he, his joke is basically, you walk into a Kmart and you don't even realize that they're open. You're like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you guys were closed. Oh, well, can you turn on some lights back here? And, and you know, the shelves are half empty and everything's out of whack. So I'm suggesting that we bring that into our little microcosm, our space. And I think it does matter. And I think that it translates to students knowing that they have an expectation of quality work and that when they use this equipment that's expensive, that there's an expectation that it gets taken care of. So I'm trying to draw this radius of excellence, this radius of quality around the things that I do. And I know it's a never-ending battle, and it's going to come back again next year. Just when the kids get good this year, we're going to start it over again next year. And that is what education is about. And this, the EduSpeakEasy podcast, is a chance for me to remind myself and spread the good word about things that are important to me. And right now I'm talking about the radius of excellence. So that's episode two. Thanks for joining me. And I hope that some of this stuff has been thought provoking for you as it is for me. I will see you again next week on the Edu Speak Easy podcast. Mm-hmm.